0: We go down. Sorry. We'll go down because they they won't see the lyrics well from there.
1: Yes,
0: one, yes. Awesome. Maybe that was me. you mm-hmm.
1: Good morning, church. Welcome home to those of you in the building this morning and welcome to those of you watching online as well. I think we've got a few more watching online this morning because we are a little bit disrupted here at 400 Oxford Street due to the city to surf. There's some road closures around the place. Parking is difficult this morning, but I have been hearing of people uh, doing some fast talking and getting into the car park nonetheless. Uh, so I have gone out and spoken to the lovely, the lovely lady down there on the barrier this morning and I think we may be able to get those of you that are already in the car park out. We'll see how we go. Just pray for that uh, later today uh, when we finish the service. But I know many of you are watching from home as well. Great to have you with us and thank you for, so much for those of you uh, that have gone out and braved the runners that I see are already coming back from the finish line from the city to surf having run there. 14 Ks from the city to Bondi Beach. This morning we are going to be looking at Amos. Amos is a prophet from the old school. We're going back to the Old Testament to one of the minor prophets by the name of Amos. And he tells a story where God sets a plumb line against his people. He sends a plumb line and finds them wanting, finds that they are not straight up and down, that they are askew, uh, that they are out of whack with God's will. And uh, as we will find out, that has devastating consequences. We are going uh, to be singing uh, some wonderful songs. We're going to be dealing with a request or two and having some marvellous community time. But why don't we commence our time together with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for your graciousness and thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we get to come here to this place, this place of warmth and of welcome and of safety, Father. Father, we pray that you might use this time to build us up in you, Lord. We come seeking more of you in our lives. Father, we don't come seeking more of ourselves. We come seeking you, Lord. So still us, make us attentive to your word this morning. We pray that you might use this time equip your church for mission in the week ahead. All the people said? Let's stand and sing. We're we blessed with a magnificent music team. Thank you so much, guys. And a uh, special welcome to Jared on drums back in the engine room. His first time with us. Always wonderful to have new faces with us at the CMP music team. Got a new song for you this morning. It might be new for many of us. Some of you might have come across this one before. The fellows who were at Base Camp on Saturday uh, sung this one and it lifted the roof. This is a magnificent song by City Light, who are a bunch of Anglicans from St. Paul's, Castle Hill. Who specialise in writing scripturally rich, dense, wonderful lyrics, and who do so with melodies that are predictable and easy to sing for punters like you and I. And this is a wonderful uh, song that fits uh, exactly that. And I encourage you to really think uh, about the lyrics that you're singing in this magnificent song, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. Thank you, Ben.
0: A gift Thou of grace is Jesus, Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, her new and boundless peace. this. Was Satan full by my side
1: Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we declare this morning that it is nothing of our doing by which we are saved. It is through Christ that you have won the victory for us on our behalf, bringing us from darkness into light, from death into life eternal. So thank you, Heavenly Father, for your graciousness. Thank you for all that you have done for us in Christ. In Jesus' name. The people said, please take a seat, church of a quick uh, resource spot this morning. Uh, I subscribe to Fresh. Uh, every day uh, I have a look at this little daily devotional uh, and it's for free. If you haven't yet got one, there's a pile of them up the back. There's hard copies up there, but you can subscribe online and you'll hear Bernie doing really only, takes you what, a couple of minutes of your time. Really simple stuff. If you haven't yet got a daily devotional of your own, I can recommend this one. Really easy stuff, Uh, no deep theology, quick, simple truths to apply in your life each day. Grab a hard copy up the back or you can subscribe online to get a daily email in your inbox every morning. A little bit of news and a few notices and announcements for God's family this morning. If you're a CMP regular, please know we'd love you to be giving electronically. It really helps us out. If you're giving physical cash, you can do so via the box up the back. Also note that at the end of the service, we'd love to pray for you. If you have something in your life that you would like prayer for, something that is on your heart, a loved one in need of prayer, or simply you need liberation and peace for something, please come up the front and an elder will make themselves known to you and we can spend some time praying for you this morning. Uh, this week, we would love you to join us at a Zoom Bible study. Uh, One of the wonders of modern technology means that we can gather as church midweek from the comfort of our own home, every Thursday night throughout August. There's a small team of people from this church gathered around the Word, looking at the book of Romans, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., either Paul or Tina would love to speak to you about how to be a part of that group on a Thursday night. Speaking of Zoom, we'd love to have you with us on a Thursday morning for prayer. Uh, prayer. we gather for prayer a number of us online on a Thursday morning from 9 o'clock we'd love to have you with us please come and see me if you would like all the Zoom IDs on the screen but give me a call or a text or give the office a call we'd love to uh, send the details on to you as well you can also Zoom India you can be a part of uh, mission and serving and blessing those on the other side of the world there's a screenshot of myself speaking to the kids at Light Home if you can speak English These kids would love to speak to you. They would love to try out their English on you. They have a series of set questions. What's your favorite color? Do you have any pets? Um, What what was your favorite subject at school? Do you have brothers and sisters? It's it's broken English, but it's one way that you can bless people uh, seeking a better life on the other side of the world. It's free. only take you an hour of your time. Come and see me if you would like to be part of this wonderful ministry. Uh, Chalk and Chat is back as well. Uh, Chalk and Chat happens on the first and third Wednesdays of the month, first and third Wednesdays of the month, up at Max Brenner here in Bondi Junction on a Wednesday evening. Just a chance to get together and to fellowship uh, on a Wednesday evening. Uh, what? Yes? See you Celin. Cancer free. <laughs> C. Lynn is cancer-free, everybody. Fantastic. Praise God. So for those of you who are watching online, just received a wonderful bit of news that C. Lynn is officially cancer-free. 27 months, praise God. That is wonderful news, Cillian. we are very, very thankful for that wonderful, wonderful news. Uh, We would also, um, fellas, love to to let you know about uh, Base Camp, the super early bird rate finishes tonight. We had a great time on Saturday just gone. Uh, We'd love to get a few more blokes coming along on the 5th, I think it's Saturday the 5th of August, just a one-day event, Uh, I believe it's going to be again at the University of New South Wales. Uh, Log on tonight for the super early bird rate. Fellas, commit today. And I encourage you to commit today, to block that out in your calendar and say, no, no, regardless of what else I've got on that day, no, no, I'm going to be spending my day with my brothers in Christ. One day. Yes, brother? 2023. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're talking 2023. I'm giving you plenty of time, Richard. I'm giving you plenty of heads up. I'm telling you now, fellas. April the 5th, 2023, lock it in, block it out, and just go online to the KCC website, the Base base Camp website. If you get in before midnight tonight, you'll get the super early but discounted rate, and it's a great way of just making a commitment. So I encourage you to do that this afternoon. I think, uh, kids, you're heading out for Kids Club. I think you're learning about the lost coin uh, today, so why don't we pray for all of Kids, hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our kids. Thank you for our grandkids. Thank you for the young people in our life who bring life and hope and vitality and energy in our life. Father, we pray that as they go out to kids' church now, we pray that you might be very present. Father, we pray that you might be working through the teachers. Pray that you might be communicating your truth to our kids through the Sunday school teachers, through our kids' church teachers, and we pray that they might come away. Uh, a little bit wiser, knowing a little bit more about you, keen to follow Jesus that little bit more closely this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we uh, take a moment just to say hello to some? We've got a few visitors uh, this morning, I see. So please uh, have a look around and say good day to somebody new. Can I encourage you to grab a Bible up the back? If you haven't got the Bible on your phone, there's a few Bibles we'd love you to have. We're in uh, Amos this morning. Uh, If you want to grab one of the Bibles up the back, if you want a hard copy, it's on page 910. Uh, our reading this morning. We're going back into the Old Testament, back to Amos chapter 7, uh, verses 7 through uh, to 17. So if you haven't got it on your phone, uh, you might like to grab a, a Bible. As I say, page 910 in the blue CMP Bibles up the back. We're going back 750 years um, before Christ. It's a story about. Having to stay true to what you know is right in the face of some difficult opposition. Uh, This is a story of Amos, God's man, a prophet, a man sent by God to a nation that had gone astray to say some very hard things, some difficult things, and as you'll see, he receives quite a bit of pushback from some powerful people. reminds me of a story I heard about a young seaman that rose up through the ranks to reached that rank that all young seamen hoped to attain, that of captain. He finally became a captain in his nation's navy. And not only had he become captain, he slowly worked his way up from ship to ship to ship until eventually he was the captain of the flagship, the navy's most powerful ship, a mighty battleship. He was master of the seven seas. No one could stand against him. He could fire a shell over the horizon and hit his enemy before he could even see him. And if you know anything about the laws of, uh, the maritime laws, you'll know that might makes right on the seven seas. Uh, A larger vessel has right of way. Smaller vessels must give way to the larger vessels. So by this stage in this man's career, he thought he was all that in a packet of crisps. He thought he was all that in a packet of crisps. He was the duck's guts, the bee's knees. No one dared stand against him. But one dark and stormy night, he was up on the bridge of his battleship and he saw a light coming towards him. So he signalled up ahead to this oncoming ship bearing straight down on his nose, deviate 10 degrees to the west. The message came back, deviate 10 degrees to the west. Well, the captain of this battleship wasn't used to being affronted like this, so he quickly Signaled back, deviate 10 degrees to the east immediately. signal came back, deviate 10 degrees to the west immediately. Well, by this stage, the sea captain was a bit ticked off, so he grabbed his radio and the crackly radio signaled ahead and said, deviate 10 degrees to the west, to the east immediately, for I am a battleship over the crackly line the message came back deviate 10 degrees to the west immediately for i am a lighthouse <laughs> the prophet amos is a little bit like that lighthouse keeper having to stand <laughs> firm in the face of some powerful opposition because he knows despite the bluster of the battleship captains of this world coming his way he knows he is right he knows that his cause is just. That is where we are heading this morning, back some 750 years before the time of Christ. Amos chapter 7, verses 7 to 17. This is what the text says. This is what the Lord showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be destroyed and the sanctuaries of Israel will be ruined. With my sword I will rise against the house of Jeroboam. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear his words, for this is what Amos is saying. Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will surely go into exile, away from their native land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, get out, you seer. Go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and do no prophesying here. Don't prophesy anymore in Bethel, because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. Amos said to Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd. I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people, Israel. Now then, hear the word of the Lord. You say, do not prophesy against Israel and stop preaching against the descendants of Isaac.' Therefore, this is what the Lord said. Your wife will become a prostitute in the city. Your sons and your daughters will fall by the sword. Your land will be measured and divided up and you yourself will die in a pagan country. And Israel will surely go into exile away from their native land. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to study this this challenging word, this hard word from Amos, we pray that you might capture our minds and capture our hearts in this moment. Amen. Well, friends, sometimes standing firm will be difficult. Sometimes speaking up for truth is going to be costly. Sometimes it's going to cost you friends. It might even cost you money. It might even cost you a uh, career. It's not going to go over well in some people's company. They're going to call you backward. They're going to call you unenlightened. They're going to say you call you all sorts of names. And they may even say you uh, have a phobia, as as I've experienced, because you happen to disagree with, with them. Amos, like most Old Testament prophets, had to bear these sort of slings and arrows some 750 years before Christ. You might say he was truly politically incorrect. He was sent by God to the northern kingdom to declare God's will. Now, this is happening, as I say, about 750 years before Christ. Remember, Israel had reached its zenith, its might about 1,000 years before Christ under the mighty King David and then his son Solomon. But after Solomon, the kingdom splits in two. I hope you remember this. There's now a northern kingdom, the northern ten of the original 12 tribes, collectively known as Israel, and the southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin, collectively just known as, as Judah. But uh, if you know your Old Testament prophets, um, you know some were sent to the northern kingdom, some were sent to the southern kingdom, some went to both. Uh, and like many prophets, they sort of prophesy against many nations. But Amos is, is sent uh, by God from the southern kingdom. He says, leave your, your flocks and your herds. He was a shepherd. He was an orchardist farming figs. And he's called by God to go and, and preach, to prophesy, to tell of God's will to the northern ten tribes, to the northern kingdom known as, as Israel. A bit quick word about prophecy. The biblical model for prophecy is that these were men who were called by God, who were part of the tribe. They, they, were, they were part of the family, part of the kin. Sometimes I get a little bit wary of self-proclaimed prophets coming and, and telling me what they think God is saying when they don't know me, they don't know my church family, and they may not even know what's going on in the Australian context. Can I encourage you to be listening for God's word to the modern day prophets, men and women of today who are godly and, and wise, who, who know you, who have journeyed with you, who, who know the church family, who, who know the context? So, this is what is happening. Sometimes prophecy will be telling the future. We sometimes only associate prophecy with sort of telling what's going to happen in the future. In this case, this is an example of that, but not always. Can I encourage you to think of prophecy more as forth telling rather than foretelling? Telling forth God's word, God's truth, into a particular time in a particular situation rather than necessarily being about predicting what is going to happen in, in the future. So, in the northern kingdom of Israel, things are going relatively well on the outside. Uh, they tend to be fairly wealthy, they're, they're fairly powerful militarily speaking. Uh, They're fairly well off. There was peace within their borders, but things were not right when you scratch beneath the surface. Uh, They'd become corrupt. God is being ignored. Greed was prevalent, and their their legal system had become corrupt. And worst of all, they've started to mix worship of the one true God of Abraham and Isaac of Jacob with the worship of false gods and, and false idols. So Amos is sent by God to speak against us, to call them to account, to call them back to God as an independent voice, independent from the king's court. He predicts punishment upon Israel. He predicts punishment actually as well against Judah and the surrounding nations. He predicts the nation will fall. He predicts that they will die in a foreign land, they'll be taken captive, and that Jeroboam the king will die by the sword 722 BC. Remember, when you're talking in BC, the larger the number, the further back you get, the smaller the number. In speaking, this is happening about 760, 750 BC, just a few decades later in 722 BC. That is exactly what happens. The Assyrians, God via the Assyrians, raises up the Assyrians and conquers these northern ten tribes. Then that land of Israel is never really to be seen again. There is a, a remnant in the land that go on, to be Samaritans by the time of Jesus Christ. The Samaritans in, in the Gospels, those hated, despised Samaritans, are despised because they're kind of cousins to the Jews. They're the remnant of the, the ten tribes from the north that were conquered by the Assyrians, but they've intermarried and intermingled and bought into pagan and foreign gods, and that's why the, the hatred and animosity is there. But for the most part, the northern ten tribes, and all the kingdom of Israel, is pretty well destroyed in the year 722 BC. This prophecy indeed comes to pass. A little bit of context though about this. We worship a gracious God. This is bad news. But if you have a look in verses 1 to 6, a bit of homework for you perhaps. If you have a look before our reading started in the first few verses of this chapter, God has already twice relented. God has already twice said to Amos, I'm going to punish this nation and Amos intercedes on Israel's behalf and God relents. So God is gracious but his patience by verse 7 is now wearing thin and he puts a, a plumb line against Israel. Are you familiar with what a plumb line is? We showed it on the screen there before. It's a, it's a, it's a building implement. It's just a, a heavy weight on the end of a string that builders use or bricklayers use to make sure, there it is, to make sure that a a wall is straight up and down. If you're a follower of cricket, you'll know that if you are caught plumb in front, you are dead in line with the stumps and you are out LBW. You are plumb. There is no doubt. You are out. You are gone. Well, God sets this plumb line against his nation Israel and, well, they're crooked. They're found wanting, and so he sends Amos to say these these very difficult things, that the king will die by the sword and the nation will go into exile. Amos here is questioning Israel's lifestyle. It was a difficult message to give. He was saying that, hey, listen up, you are are out of plumb with the great architect of the universe. You You are out according to the great umpire of the universe, Yahweh himself. So repent. Now, of course, what happens here is one of the official priests, one of the official prophets, a guy by the name of Amaziah, comes out and speaks against Amos. Amos gets a little bit of pushback here. He tells him to get out. Get out, you see. Go back to where you came from is what he is told. But Amos just goes, oh, don't, don't blame me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a farmer. I'm just a shepherd. I grew sycamore fig trees. I'm just trying to tell you what God is is saying. So this is the first little takeaway. Be prepared for some pushback if you're prepared, if you're going to be bold enough to stand up for God's truth. Sometimes people don't like hearing God's truth. If you're calling them to account, they won't always thank you for it, at least initially. There are many examples, I think, today, but I read of one really egregious example just this week that I didn't even know that was happening, and this was uh, an Aussie by the name of Lyle Shelton. Now, some of you may know Lyle. He used to head up the Australian Christian lobby. Now, I don't always agree with everything Lyle says. I actually had a bit of an argument with him at a prayer breakfast a number of years ago in, in Wollongong about the extent to which... Christian theology should be enshrined in Australian law. So I don't always agree with Lyle, but Lyle is currently being dragged through the courts for a blog post. He posted a blog and he's been subject to two years now of compulsory mediation and arbitration. The blog post was simply criticising Drag Queen's story hour, a legit porn star, actual real-life porn star, was employed by Brisbane City Library to read stories to kids. I won't even tell you the porn star's stage name because it's pretty crass. But this is happening in Australia right now. I thought it was an American thing. No, Drag Queen Story Hour is happening right now in Australia. And if you criticise it, you can be dragged before the courts for hate speech. Uh, (laughs) The arbitration said to lie, well, you must apologise. And you must give us $20,000. He declined, so they're now off to court. This is several years' legal fees. By the way, the opposition is being funded by the Australian government. The LGBTI legal service is funded by the taxpayer. This is happening. Christian, your right to freely express your faith in the public square is under direct assault right now. This is real. This is happening. Wake up, Australia. But I think out of all the politically incorrect characters more than Lyle Shelton and more than Amos there is one that stands out isn't there there is one politically character that stands out above all others he said many things that didn't go over terribly well they said he was out of his mind they said he was they said he was mad they said he was a, a drunkard they said he hung out with all of the wrong characters all the disreputable characters. They accused him of breaking the law and eventually, of course, they put him to death. Of course, the person I'm speaking about is Jesus himself, the ultimate man who was called to go and speak God's truth, the ultimate politically incorrect person who was sent to do and say some very difficult things. Today's gospel reading is a very good example of this. Uh, churches right around the world today are reading this gospel passage uh, from, from Luke, Luke, chapter, Luke chapter 12 today. And I thought, well, this is a, a wonderful example. Have a listen to this. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild? I don't think so. Have a listen to this. Luke chapter 12, verses 49 to 56 says, I've come to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism to undergo and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do not think that I've come to bring peace to the world. No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family, two divided against three, three against two. They'll be divided father against son, son against father, and mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd... When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, well, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Ouch! <laughs> this is no gentle Jesus, meek and mild. This is Jesus declaring some hard truths. If you were with us a few weeks ago, you will recall him telling a story, a pretty controversial story, about a good Samaritan. He told a parable and put one of those despised Samaritans, one of the downstream descendants of, of Amos's northern ten tribes, as the hero in his story. Very controversial thing to do. You might recall him calling the, the religious leaders of his days whitewashed tombs and a brood of vipers as blind guides. Jesus, for all of his loving, tenderness, and care, he said and did some really hard stuff. But I reckon one of the most controversial ones today is is his declaration that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but by him. Man, this is controversial stuff today. These claims to ultimate truth, these are some of the most controversial things you can say in today's pluralist society. Given that Jesus is, in fact, God, we believe that Jesus is God, that he is God incarnate, God in skin, Uh, and given that God is love, you'd have to say, therefore, that speaking up, even when it is hard, must actually, at times, be the loving thing to do. And similarly, you'd have to say that not speaking up, at times, when you know you really should, is actually really quite un- unloving. So sometimes being straight down the line or plumb for God isn't always going to make you very popular. As followers of Jesus Christ, they're sometimes going to be called to say things, we're going to fly in the face of, of popular opinion, like it's Lyle with his sexuality stuff, but let me be an equal opportunity offender this morning, and let me offend some of you on the right, perhaps. Uh, I also, sometimes we need to call out the church's blatant consumerism. Sometimes I think the church is consumed by modern consumerism, or by nationalism. We confuse being a Christian with being an Aussie, and they're not the same thing. I think the way that many self-proclaiming Christians spend their money is in fact incredibly un-Christ-like. It's actually incredibly selfish. I actually think if you had a look at the back statements between many church-going Christians today and their atheist neighbors, you'd struggle to tell them apart. I also think we're saying the true of many of our calendars. If you if you held up the calendar between many church-going Aussie Christians and their pagan neighbors, their, their atheist neighbors, you'd struggle to see the difference. Now I know you've all committed an hour or two this morning on a Sunday morning. But other than that, can I challenge you to ask, well, how else is your weekly calendar different from from your neighbours? Sometimes we're going to have to say, hey, hang on, Australia, you're going in the wrong direction. Come back to God. It would have been a lot easier to just remain silent, wouldn't it? It is a lot easier to not call out the people for their rampant consumerism or their rampant nationalism or their wayward sexualities. But it would be a lot easier just to stay mum. It would have been easier for Amos. It certainly would have been easier for Jesus. But I'm very glad that Jesus spoke up. I'm very glad we worship a God that was brave enough to go to the cross scandalously to pay the price, the innocent given for the guilty. Isn't that scandalous? God sent his only son to die for those who didn't even deserve it. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, the radical, scandalous news of Jesus Christ is that you are forgiven. If you can come to him and surrender and say, I am yours, Lord. I repent of those worldly ways and I give my heart to you. I yield my life to you. You can be saved today. If that is you, come and see me after the service. I would love to pray for you today and bring you in to God's kingdom. Or if you want to recommit, I'd love to pray with you this morning directly after the service. So let me leave you this morning with a few quick application questions this morning. Firstly, what about you? I mean, where do you need to put the plumb line against yourself? Where do you need to get plumb? Where are you perhaps a little bit skew-whiffed? a little bit off center perhaps where do you, where do you need to perhaps just make sure heavenly father wow I, i'm doing something that is not of you lord i'm not honoring you in this particular aspect of my life maybe it is your bank account i don't know maybe you're not actually honoring god with your money or your time in the way that you know you should It might indeed be your sexuality, those websites that you know don't honour God but denigrate and, and, and abuse and abuse, particularly women, but men as well. Perhaps it might be something altogether different, an anger issue you need to deal with, some unforgiveness. Or it might simply be that great old Aussie pastime of apathy. She'll be right, mate, of laziness, not really lifting a finger, just going on doing your own thing and not particularly worrying about what other people are doing. And then can I ask you, Well, where do you then need to speak up for God's truth in the public sphere? It might be at your workplace perhaps. There might be a justice issue that you need to speak up, something that's going on that you you know isn't right. There might be someone being treated poorly poorly perhaps down at the local bowling club. I don't know, but you do in your life. Where do you need to be in an Amos and to be a Jesus where you are and to say, well, this is what God calls us to. And I leave you with a word of encouragement to know that if you are in Christ, if you're following God's will, we, we don't need to be afraid. and that Christ has won the ultimate victory for us. If we are In Christ, we are on the winning team, even if for a period it seems as though the invading army is at the city gates, Even if all of society is not in line, not plumb with God's will, our confidence and our strength as followers of Jesus, our strength, our power comes from knowing that we are plumb in line with God's will. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Let's pray as the band comes up. Heavenly Father, we pray for strength this morning to remain plumb, to remain true. It can be difficult, Father. When powerful forces are allied against us, Father, we can so easily fall into the trap of just remaining silent and saying nothing. Father, firstly, reveal to us where we need to become plumb. Help us not to become hypocrites or sanctimonious, Father, in our faith by pointing out the speck in other people's eyes when we have a log in our own. So reveal firstly to us, Lord, where we need to get right with you. Then and only then, Father, help us to graciously be your people, your men and your women, at work and at play around this land. Help us to draw on your strength, help us to draw on the power of your Holy Spirit, to stand firm, to be prophets who are speaking your truth in loving and gracious ways to the people around us this week. In Jesus' name. The people said, let's stand and sing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world will strangely dim. Church, please take a seat. We're going to pray for our world. Are there any prayer requests this morning we can give thanks to God, praise for God, for C. Lynn's healing? Are there any other quick requests, making sure you've got permission from the person if you're speaking about someone individually? Yes, Maria. Your brother? Yep. Fantastic. For those of you watching at home, we prayed for Maria's brother a month ago in Argentina and there's been a huge change. Praise God. Amen. Is there anything else he needs prayer for, Maria? Anything else we can be praying for him now? Keep going. Fantastic. We'll pray for Maria's brother in Argentina. Thank you, Maria. Any other prayer points, praise points? Month, yep. Going or uh, years, wow. Wow. So mei Russ's wife, is currently in Taiwan. It's been a number of years since they've been able to live together. She's on her way home later this year, so we can be praying for that, absolutely. Early next year, sorry mate. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you this morning. Our broken and hurting world. We bring to you our prayer request, and we do so, as we're told, with thanksgiving. We are very thankful, Heavenly Father, for the healing we've heard of this morning, that you've worked in C. Lynn's body. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We say thank you for the marvellous progress that Maria's brother has made in Argentina, Father. We pray that he might continue to go from strength to strength in you, Lord. Father, we lift up to you, May Lynn, coming back out, coming to Australia to be with us next year, Father. We pray that you might enable that to occur. We pray that they may be able to be together and that together they may seek your will for their lives. They may continue to serve you, Father, as they so long to do as a couple. Father, there are many other hurts and frustrations here this morning. We know that you know them. We know that you've heard our prayer requests, those spoken and those unspoken. We pray for the nations. We pray for peace continue to lift up the Ukraine to you Father we pray that peace may reign in that part of the world we pray for oppressed peoples everywhere we pray for your oppressed church everywhere where it is meeting underground this morning where it, is meeting, where it is meeting despite fear of persecution Father we pray for every member of the human tribe Father that parents that cannot afford to feed their children this day Even in this land, this lucky land, Father, families that are unable to make ends meet. Father, may your justice roll through the nations as an unending stream, Father. May the earth's resources be distributed justly, we pray. And may your church be at the forefront of it all, Father, bringing justice and peace and righteousness to this world. So loving lord we pray that you might bring healing and peace and justice to the nation to this land australia to this church family to our individual families and to our individual lives bring healing peace and joy in body in mind and in spirit and the people said um, and our closing uh, song this morning is a special one. We're going to dedicate it to, to Gwen Morley, who I know is watching online. This is uh, uh, Gwen's favourite, so I'm, I'm told. Uh, this was a suggestion from the band when we got discussing this morning. This is an old Hillsong one called This Kingdom, and it's Gwen's favourite. So, uh, Gwen, God bless you. We're continuing to pray uh, for you. We hope that uh, you enjoy uh, this closing song this morning. Let's stand and sing This Kingdom.
0: Jesus
1: Church, go out this week seeking to be true, seeking to be plumb to God's call upon your life, being fearless, being courageous, and indeed, being gracious in all you say and do this week. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. evermore. Amen.